This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Both of you guys have kids now that are following in your footsteps. Hey, how cool is that to see? And how much, you know, like I think about my dad and how he was with me versus how I'm gonna be with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, has it changed from how your pops was with uh, you to now how you? Well, my, you the know, twins? my dad wasn't really, you know, my dad was a drug dealer and, and, and drug user. So I mean, it, I didn't really have an example when it came to like how to do anything when it comes to kids, love, relationships. So to me, it was always me kind of figuring out on our own. You know, the fact that we have kids by sisters, I think it's dope because, you know, now, you know, my kid's uncle is Gilbert Arenas and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things we can teach, you know, each of our kids now because we both had long, successful careers. So um, it's dope. Like to me, I, you know, from everything I had in my past, I try to be like the absolute best father because I didn't have very much. You know what I mean? So to me, it's just kids are first. Obviously, anyone who knows me knows that, you know, my kids are my life. So. I just think it's dope, and, and, and I think it's that fine line because I decided to coach. He decided, you know, not to coach, and he trains a little bit now. Um, but I, you know, it's that thin line between being dad and being coach and being friend and being a disciplinary action, you know. So I'm learning, you know, on the fly too. But I just never really wanted to be those one of those dads that tried to live through my kids because I'd already lived my life to, to, to I, how I felt to, to be the absolute fullest. So. I'm there in support, I'm there to teach, and it, 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 it's fun watching these kids kind of fall in love with the game and really want it for themselves because, again, with me and him both, our kids aren't going to live the way we live growing mm-hmm. up. They're going to have all the advantages they want, but at the end of the day, like, we can't want it more than them. Like, they have to want it, and I can definitely say on both sides of, of the fence that our kids want it now, and it's dope because they go to school together, they get to play together all the time, and it's it's going to be fun because, you know, Elijah's only one year older than twins, so they're, they're going to be able to play with each other probably up until college. And what's so funny is like, you know, just like athletes, right? You learn from each other. So learning how to be a father, I got to watch. You know what I mean? Like, I watch my dad because, you know, I was raised by my dad, but he's a single father, right? Mm-hmm. So, but he's acting and doing all this stuff. I'm, you know, trying to, you know, I'm raising, damn near raising myself sometimes. Because, you know, when I get home from school and training and all stuff, he sleep. You know, when I'm growing up, so we can be in the same house two weeks and I ain't seen the man that once. Word, right. You know what I mean? But he made sure I had, you know, my food, my clothes and all that stuff. So like watching what, you know, so when I go to games, I'm just watching other parents. Like, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you just try to, oh yeah, they clapped, all right, you know. All right, this motherfucker did a hole, you missed this free throw, like I don't want that, right? right? So you just, you know, you're just watching your peers, you know, watching LeBron, watching Chris Paul, watch, you just, you watching, you know, because, that's all like we're in the same we're we're in the same boat. We we had the same life. So when it's done, what are you guys doing? All right, okay, okay. So all right, this is how, okay, this is how you move in. And you're trying to learn. You know what I mean? You, you you're trying to learn, you know, watching someone make a mistake and say, all right, that's okay, let me go. Okay, that's mm-hmm. they like that, let me go here. You know, so you're just trying to really yeah. just get a whole grasp of, yeah. you know, fatherhood after playing. Because when you're playing, like, I, 
I can tell you when I played, I was no father. No, 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 hoop first, bro. Hoop first. Like, I don't care about your little school, your little preschool, you know, your little drawings you done put on the refrigerator. I don't give a about none of that. I got, I got Kobe, Kobe coming to town. I got Vin, like, these guys are coming to town. I ain't got time to be sitting here, you know, walking down the street. No, nah, I'm, I'm in the gym getting my 500 shot. Like, so when I had kids, my life didn't stop. Nah, y'all, y'all, y'all got to fit into this. Yeah. You know, but once I was done, it was like, I don't have this. Now y- y'all are the basketball now. Right. You know what I mean? I got I to gotta fit into you guys' yeah. world. And that's the difference, too, I think, you know what I mean, with to obviously give Gil his credit. Gil was a different beast. His work ethic, his grind, his attention to detail, like, that was him. And like I said earlier in the interview, I don't want this to come off disrespectful or, or, or not appreciate, but I didn't love basketball like that. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciated life in the moment, you know what I mean? So I'm there from the beginning, you know, with the twins being born, getting them in the middle of the night with my ex and burping one while she's feeding one, changing the diaper and putting them back down. So I was there the whole process, you know what I mean? So to me, it was always going to be, no matter what the f- else, NBA, what else I had going on, like, fatherhood was, was, was and still is my biggest accomplishment, you know what I mean? So to me, the hardest part for me was when I decided to split from my ex-wife and then not having my boys there all the time because although I was in season, like, we still would go to the park, we'd still go on walks, we'd still do all this shit. So that stuff was difficult for me, and I had to mentally kind of understand that because I still had to play. You know what I mean? Like, my job, I never forgot what my job was, but I'm like, damn, like I, I haven't seen my kids in a month. Damn, I haven't seen my kids in six weeks. Like, what the f***? You know what I mean? And to keep it real, that's really one of the main reasons why I retired when I had just signed a, uh, you know, a three-year contract with the Kings, I was retired that same year with Golden State because I hadn't seen, you know, up to that, there was one point where I went like a three-month stretch without seeing my kids. I'm like, I'm 37 years old, just came up on a championship, I have other things going, like it might be time to make that transition because I want more of that now. Like I want more with my kids. I want mm-hmm. to start coaching my kids and being around my kids more. So it was always a special bond with me and the twins and now, you know, being fortunate enough to have Ashton now too. So I get a chance to start all over. So it's, I've always been a, a very hands on dad. So it, it's dope, but still everything that Gil said, watching and learn from other people, because like I said, you know, whatever the example you had, like the examples weren't the, you know, the, 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 the typical father shit you see. So, you know, we're always trying to learn on the fly and learn from each other. Obviously, your dad's a legend, but do you think, wait, he's a legend, <laughs> but you know, he used to pull up the game, yeah. and it was, you know, yeah, he was, shit, when the Barnes yeah. family was coming yeah. through, it was a level of respect you just had, but, <laughs> you know, like, I'm, this is not a man who's to be trifled with, but, uh, <laughs> you know, real, real shit, but do you see the way kind of your dad was a parent to you? Did you make a, like, a, a conscious effort that, hey, I want to be, want to be different with, with my I kids? I want to be better, but at the same time, like I said, I, you know, and I don't want to come across as, you know, my dad was there, you know what I mean? And he, as Gil said, he made sure we ate, we had clothes, we got to school, everything. Like, they were functioning within their dysfunction. They were functional. So, you know, my dad and I became close when my mom died in 07 when I was with that We Believe team. Um, and that's for the first time when he kind of, to me, became a father. You know, first time I can remember hugging him, first time saying I love you, first time seeing him cry, and I'm 27, but my dad was there the whole entire time. There just wasn't that kind of connect. So, you know, now, to me, I was always under the impression that it was never too late to be a father. So although I feel like he kind of missed out on fathering me, my brother, and my sister, but then also finding out the root of that now because we've had conversations and I found out how he was brought, to me, he's an amazing grandfather now. And now we have a better relationship, so there's never really no grudge or 
I want to be better. Like to me, it was just from the jump that was my motivation. But now he's a dope dad to me and a dope grandfather, and that's all that matters. That's the craziest thing. It's, that's the, that's the key. There's it's never <laughs> like when people say, "Man, it's too late." It's never, never too, too late. late. Yeah. Never too late. It's, it's never too late. It's it's and especially when you have a kind of a grasp. Like I was, you gotta understand. Like my parents were like we had the party house. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm seeing people do you know lines of cocaine like this at. <laughs> three, four years old walking around. So I knew at an early age what kind of drugs and, you know, had a, a handle. And that's what people did in the 80s. People mm -hmm. did drugs in the 80s and parties and did whatever they want. So I got that, I got. I was in the fast lane in the early 80s, you know what I mean? So to me, kind of having a concept of understanding like, he's on drugs, That's it's him, but it's not really him. You know, once he's able to kind of clean himself up and, and, and be sober and, and really put that effort in you need, he was great at it. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. So to me, I just kind of had a perspective and understanding because I was in the fast lane, you know, once I touched the earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And now, you know, you said that you're coaching your kids. Mm -hmm. They're top top team in their, their age group, right? Yeah, we got a really good team. We got a really good team. Um, you know, we're, we just transitioned into 13, you know, we're, but our team, majority of our team is still 12. But, you know, we, we, we got a good team. It's fun because it, it's fun being able to teach these kids. And, you know, they're at an age where they still listen. And to see their growth and development um, about the uh, about the game is fun. So yeah, we we got a good team, and you know we we, we continue to work. And, and the thing about the twins was, again, I was never going to push them. So they just had a, a high basketball IQ, but they never worked at the game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think you know, I thank Kobe every day. Rest in peace. You know he was the one I feel like kind of let a fire under him because Gil can tell you like we can tell our kids so they're blue in the face, but we're dad, so. <laughs> You know, for me to be, a, you, you know it too, right? Yeah. Your, your pops was a legend, you know what I mean? So, but that's dad, but when someone else says it, you know, so getting them to be able to interact with Kobe and Kobe being able to work them out and, and come to their games and then obviously his, you know, untimely death, like he is the one that really light, lit a fire under the twins and, and started them understanding like, because I remember I took them to work out with them for his, their 10th birthday. And Kobe, what are they into? I was like, these are like video games all day. He's like, all right. So when they get there, you know, where are you guys going to school? Simultaneously, we're going to UCLA. And Kobe's like, no, you're not. And these boys are like, we're not? <laughs> He's like, well, not if you guys don't work at your game. Like your dad says, you guys are good on, you know, you guys play video games. So you guys might be some computer nerds or this, this, and that, but you're not going to play basketball. And they're still kind of confused. Like, um, we're not? It's like, no, you got to work at this shit. And he busted their ass in this workout. And after they were done, they were just like, okay, I like this. And then three and a half months later, Kobe passes, and it's just like, shit, we're going to do it for Kobe now. So when I tell you, like, that's when they're like, well, Dad, well, okay, we want to train your dad, and we want to start working out more. And since that point, to, like, to see how much they've gotten better, because, again, they always had the IQ, but now you add the skill to it. It's just like, oh, this is fun, and it's going to continue to get fun now because, again, they love it, and they want it, not because I want it. So you talk about Kobe, obviously you got the whole flinching mm -hmm. incident and all that good stuff, but he that literally motivates him to bring you on the squad. Right. Let's talk about going from, from obviously with the Magic to now on the Lakers and developing yeah. that bond and relationship to the point yeah. now where you can bring your 10-year-olds for their birthday yeah. out to, to Orange County That's to get big. that workout. You know, because, I mean, my Kobe relationship started at UCLA. You know, he was young when he came to L.A., and he was always on our campus. I'm like, isn't that Kobe? And he'd be walking around <laughs> our campus working out and stuff, so getting a chance to see him and watch him work out and playing against him in the summer. I was just a fan and <clears throat> kind of had that admiration knowing just like, yo, this dude is next. Now, you know, I was in 1998, he's, you know, I'm seeing him work out. I'm just like, yo, this dude is next Jordan type shit. So fast forward, I was a fan getting a chance to play with him. It was just, again, someone that I knew, okay, I, I get a chance to play against defense against Kobe. This is great. So there's always real competitive nature with us. And then in the Orlando situation, I mean, anyone that plays Kobe, you know, he's dirty as 
yeah. grabs you, elbows you, <laughs> says shit, does whatever, but they'll never call a foul on him. Like, known for elbowing you in the sternum, known for <laughs> just doing all kinds of crazy shit, but it was part of that mental, uh, you know, warfare that he liked to put on you. So I was just to the point now, this motherfucker didn't elbow me in my sternum, <laughs> elbow me, hit me in my nuts, elbow me in my chin. Like, I'm gonna fight this dude because these punk-ass refs aren't calling nothing. So when the ball fake shit happened, it wasn't like, I'm gonna fake the ball in his face. Literally, my arms just did it by themselves. Like, I wanted to <laughs> slam that shit in his so I faked it, uh, and then, you know, it kind of became what it did, but fast forward, so my situation in Orlando doesn't work out, so I get a call from Pat Riley, like, hey, you know, we got this, we're putting this this team together, and I'm like, okay, what kind of team? Because, I mean, I'm in Orlando, Miami's right up the freeway, you know, we're in talk to Chris Bosh, and LeBron might be coming, and then I'm like, really, what, really? It's like, you know, just, but it's, you know, this is what it could be, and, you know, our crunch timeline, it could be you, LeBron, D-Wade, Bosh, and Mike Miller, and, you know, we're going to win some rings, so I'm thinking, I'm just going to go to Miami. And it's Miami, too. I'm going to go to Miami. And then I get this call from a number I don't know. And I'll never answer my phone, but I just happen to answer it. And, it, and it's Cole. I'm just like, yeah, right. Who's this? He's like, no, nah, it's Cole, for real. I'm just like, what? I'm like, what's up? So we kind of start talking. And he told me, he's like, anyone crazy enough to fuck with me is crazy enough to play with me. Do you want to be a Laker? And I mean, I grew up in Cali. I'm a Showtime Magic Johnson dude. I'm like, hell yeah. So like four days later, I was a Laker. So we went from kind of just com competitors to to teammates, and then during that very first season, we were both going through stuff in our personal life, so we really, really bonded. Like, we were kicking it. I got this motherfucker go out in Milwaukee, of all cities. Like, we were always <laughs> out and about doing shit and really kicked it and talked about our kids and talked about life and business and family and all this kind of shit. So we really went from competitors to teammates to brothers to the point where he's always sending the twins their new shoe. He's, you know, Gigi would, we'd all be playing at, the, the, all the shit out in Orange County and COVID hit me up the night before. Like, yo, I saw you guys in the tournament. What time you play? We play at we play at nine. They play at eleven. I'll be there. You know, Kobe would come two hours early to mm -hmm. watch the Twins play. So it was just like that kind of relationship that I built with them off basketball is is obviously something I'll never forget and, and very grateful because you hear so many different things about Kobe, but if he lets you in, he's you're he's nothing like you hear he is. He's mm -hmm. just he's incredible, crazy shit talking off. You know, he's a cool ass dude, but he's the mamba with that mentality to everyone else. But if he lets you in to see the person, the man, the father, he's an incredible dude. So how much did he help impact, you know, obviously he was coaching Gigi. How much did mm -hmm. that help you kind of with coaching your kids? Any advice he kind of um, gave you on that side? No, not necessarily because it was something I always wanted to do. I was actually surprised when I saw him cross over, you know what I mean? Because I used to talk shit about him all the time, like not shit, but like you got all girls, I got boys. Blah, blah. <laughs> we would go back and forth when we were having kids, you know, I mean, when he was having his daughters. Like, damn, another girl, Cole. And he, I remember he, in bold letters one time, and I think when he had his last daughter, he's like, God has a sick sense of humor. And he had it in capital <laughs> letters when I think his last daughter was being born. So once he found out that Gigi had a love for it, um, it was beautiful because he finally could attach himself to that. And that's when they went to another level, you know, mm -hmm. because he was waiting for that opportunity. He was very content with being a girl dad, but he, obviously he's Kobe, yeah, so he yeah, wanted yeah, to be able yeah. to teach basketball to somebody. And, you know, when Gigi was the one, it was dope to see at the beginning where she kind of got into it. And then he even said on our podcast, like, yo, she wanted, she's the one that got me watching games again. She got me ordering the NBA package. Like, mm -hmm. it was Gigi. Um, so to be able to see that and, and, and just kind of see his whole transformation, I was the one that was actually surprised because I already knew I was going to do it. I just never thought that I would see Kobe sitting on the bench yeah. coaching girls. And when I tell you, like, the one thing he told me is like, yo, these girls practice like five or six days a week. 
running the triangle. Dizzy's like, she's like, you know, we're not the most talented team, so we have to have some kind of structure. So those girls are out there practicing five, six days a week. Just to see his attention to detail and his crossover to being, uh, you know, uh, his daughter's coach, I thought was dope. We got Master P yeah. and Mercy Miller on the show, man. We appreciate y'all yeah. pulling up. Yeah, nah, like you said, what I love about what Mercy did is important that we're in a position where you can commit early and have your plans for college. Because, you know, most players, they plan uh, with a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think he's going to be able to play with no pressure. The coach believe in him. Uh, coach Sampson told him the other day, like, it was only three other players he's seen that remind him of him that he'd actually seen was uh, LeBron, uh, D-Rose, mm -hmm. and uh, Westbrook yeah. that he seen instantly that he felt like was special. So when you hear that, yeah, that's, I, mean. <laughs> that, I mean, that's great people to be like compared to and like just seeing that for me, I mean, that just pushed me to drive me to be one of them great. So it just makes me want to keep going. Now, P, you started out of Houston early yeah, on. That's, that's where you first started for you yeah. moved to the Bay. So how, how much did it mean for you to see your son following your footsteps and going to the University of Houston as nah, well? It was great because at first he wanted to go to Duke, you know, as a kid growing up. Yeah. All you think is Duke. But I took him to a lot of Houston games. Uh, when we left New Orleans, we moved to Houston, and I took him to a lot of games, him and his brother. And he always told him, Dad, I, when I go to college, I want to go to either University of Houston uh, or Duke. So last year, a couple of years ago, we went, he seen all the people that I done played with and everything from my king to everybody. He seen all the legends there and he felt the atmosphere. He, he go in there and it's like, man, I want to be on that wall. Yeah. And you know, it was great because I mean, he worked hard, like just not cause he my son, but people think, oh, he getting a fit. No favors. We've been doing this since he was four years old. He always played up. Uh, I think maybe he was like five or six years old. He was playing with Jalen Suggs and Hersey and all those guys on, on a national AAU team. And then he took his own AAU team. He played with the Knight Riders and, you know, the PM Ballers. And this team that I put together, what you've seen from DeMar to Brandon Jennings to all these, you know, NBA stars come from this program that I have in California. I go in the inner city and get some of the top kids in the country. You don't know they're they going to be stars, but I stuck with them. And, and we didn't have to go through a lot of stuff that a lot of kids sold their souls to. Mm -hmm. And so we was able to, to, to help them cross their careers over and then show my son the same thing. Like, man, you don't need to play for no tennis shoes and no backpack. You know, do what you do if you love it. Mm -hmm. And then because we've seen a lot of kids, you know, give yeah. a lot of kids that were stars back then. We don't care about being ranking. Like people just start finding out about Mercy because they thought he was a senior last year. So he's never been ranked <laughs> with his class. Like, no, think about this it. crazy. So when ESPN seen him this, maybe this year in the summer, they got a chance. Like, what, is he a freshman? So all the other kids that have been, you know, way above him, they never really seen us. Eighth grade, he played varsity with Jalen Suds and Chetnam, and they, they won a title. Then, then last year, as a ninth grader, he won a uh, uh, state championship, and, and if it wasn't for him, we would have lost. I mean, we played some of the toughest teams that, you know, some, uh, what, what's the kid from Detroit? Uh, Monty Bates. Yeah. yeah. 
So we done played some of the toughest schedules out here. We don't run from numbers. We just look at numbers. You know, we just like yeah, you, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. look, same way you look at numbers. We don't care who, who a person is. And that's how I played. Uh, when I played against Milk Wagner and all them dudes, he was like, Milk Wagner, man, I don't know who this guy is, but I got the players. <laughs> and, if, and if he could take one of these bowls, he going to be good because, you know, uh-huh. it, it, after I played them, Gil, they wanted me to go to Louisville, so I was going to go to Louisville. Once I was going to be with Denny Crum, but I ended up going to Houston and uh, playing with Guy Lewis, one of the legends, coaches around, and then my son now being able to, to go to Houston and commit. Because think about it. Hersey, his, his older brother, is one of the highest paid players, and he go to HBCU. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, a, it's in the OVC, the same where John Morant came from mm-hmm. with Murray State and all them. So you got an opportunity to do, we were talking about the other day, you got an opportunity to do something incredible, but he got to score the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't, like this game, not in change. Yeah. And we got, we straight shooters. Yeah, yeah, I learned yeah. how to shoot the dog <laughs> with no lights, you know. Yeah. And so I gave it to my, my kids, like, look, if you can shoot the basketball, you won't be all right. Yeah. And, and you athletic, and you could do all the other things you could do, you know. And 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 you understand about getting good grades. I, and then you know, like Hurst was able to get one of the biggest deals in college. Imagine you already got your own school, two years picked already. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, same guy who owned the Houston Rockets uh, come from University of Houston with me. So yeah, so that's I mean that's that's a really good thing because it, it does take the pressure off. Yeah, you know, really, because now, you know, you don't have to worry about the college and, you know, the, the them in the stands yeah. seeing, you know, like judging you. You'd be like, oh, man, I got to perform. You just get yeah. to go play now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get to play, you get to study, you get to, you know, like, like really tackle, you know, like the things in your game that you need to improve yeah. without anybody actually judging it. Like, yeah. You don't have to worry about like, like going into the summer and it's it's like free agency. You go into the summer you know, competing with everybody else for college, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. nerve-wracking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parents in the, hey, parents in the stands just yelling stuff out, like, no, just yeah. let me, just let me do me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, right now that you already signed, that, the hard, that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Getting that out of the way now is just easy, just training, yeah. you know, getting your routine down, you know. You know, you see us win that with Chris every day. Yeah, I see him, you know, that's yeah. what I said. So, <laughs> you know, you know, you see what Zaya was able to do right now, uh, go to the G League, mm-hmm. but you know, with us, it's like we got to get that education thing first. Mm-hmm. Like we've been preparing for that because we got some bigger things that we. It's life after basketball. Basketball only lasts so long, mm-hmm. and so we look at everybody' careers. All the greats, all y'all, everything that you've done is like. At the end of the day, we got to have something to fall back on. We're not gonna be able to play basketball forever because all the time is gonna catch up with you. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Your son KJ in the league now is watching during summer league, putting in work with the Rocket Squad. How much did you push him as a father to get into basketball, and when did you know that he could play in the league? Actually, I never pushed him to play. Um, he just out the womb, man. He just first time he saw a ball, he picked it up and he never put it down. Like to be honest, like it was just he was always around. He was like when you're a kid. Like I had KJ, when I was uh, my rookie year. I'm saying so my second year, he was around. Mm-hmm. So he's been around the game since he could walk mm-hmm. and talk, and that's all he knew. Like my dad in the NBA, mm-hmm. like my dad in the NBA, like my daddy on TV, like <laughs> that's him. Like my daddy dunking, my daddy good, my daddy doing this, my daddy, so that's all he knew. So he always played, man, always was around the game, always had a ball in his hand, man, from, if there was a ball, if there was a hoop in the swimming pool, he's shooting and dunking, if they're on the court, he's going to the rec, playing with the older kids during the summer, we in Dallas, and he just always wanted to be around the game, man, and he just, as he got older, he just continuously got better and better and putting the time in and started listening more what I'm telling him. And and then, like, like between, like, his junior and senior year at Sierra Canyon, man, I just, like, in the way the game was changing, mm-hmm. like, positionless and things he was doing, like, I was just, I mean, if he started just, like, just shooting the ball more from the perimeter, like, mm-hmm. that's, like that's all he was, in my opinion, like, that's all he was missing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying because he could shoot it well, but he wouldn't shoot it. <laughs> like, but I'm just thinking like, but why? If I'm being successful doing this at this level, like at a high clip, mm-hmm. why would I go out here and shoot six threes a game when I can average 19, dunking and shooting twos mm-hmm. and free throws? You know what I'm saying? So I got it, but I'm just trying to explain to him like, in order for you to get where you're trying to get to, this is what you got to do. And he just started listening, man. He just. Just continue to get better, man. Just uh, the growth and his his willingness to put the time in, the willingness to be critiqued, and the mm-hmm. willingness to take a, a unbeaten path to get to where he want to get to. And just the disrespect he had, he just used it, man. Mm-hmm. And and with me being there, like I said, I'm, I'm his I'm his biggest supporter. Like I'm, I'm Team KJ. Like, <laughs> like no other dad. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, so we there, man. I'm honest with him during the games. He, he doing it, and yeah, man. I, I was just proud of the work. And of course, we all want to be first round picks. We all want to be this. We all want, but everybody path different, mm-hmm. as you know. You know what I'm saying? So, him being able to be drafted at 52 was a blessing being able to go to the Rockets in that situation is a mm-hmm. blessing. And being going into year two now, expectations are there for him to get minutes, contribute in a major way, and continue to I'm saying, grow. And what I've seen of him this summer, um, he's doing that. He's doing other things that he needs to do in order to be successful to help his game grow. Um, and, and, and the sky's the limit for him. Like he has no idea. I tell him all the time, but you, no like, like you, you have no idea how good you can be. So it's just for me, man, I just sit back, man. I'm a proud dad. I'm saying just to watch it, man. The childhood dream of his. Um, parents who ch- children become successful in their childhood dreams, like know that feeling. Like mm-hmm. for, for them to voice some at a young age, like I want to do that, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. And for them to follow through with it and then put the time in and the effort and 
the heartache and the tear, all that into it, and for it to come full circle, like I was more happy in that moment, man, for him to be drafted than I was on my draft day. You know what I'm saying? Because that's my child and I know what it meant to him. You know what I'm saying? So. What kind of dad are you at the games? My pops play in the league and, you know, I, I would look at him more than the coaches. That was the common thing. Again, I know you got, got, got kids now. It's like, you know, coach might say <laughs> something. Coach might say something. I got to look at him. Yeah, nah, okay, shoot it. Nah, I'm going to go ahead and pull. So what kind of dad are you watching those games? Are, are, you, are you constantly making eye contact with them, giving them advice? Kind of, it's like, I think like Richard Williams with Serena and Venus, like, they could just look up at Pops and he's going to, you know, he's going to tell them Early the way to on, go. yeah. Like, early on, like, freshman year, sophomore year, summer, junior, like, junior year, I started backing off a little more because I saw you starting to listen. Mm-hmm. Senior year, like, I just sit there and legs crossed, popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if I see something, I'll be like, hey, yo, and he, he'll think about it, he'll raise his yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we didn't talk about these situations and, like, during the course of the game, you got to process things and think about plays that you made or you could have made. Mm-hmm during the course of the game. So you're critiquing yourself as you're playing, and then after the fact, you do it even more. But in that moment, I'm like, yo! Like, it, like I should have yeah, spun. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah should have spun, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it just that. But nah, at the game, like, I'm, I'm rowdy. Like, I'm loud. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm that dad. Like, he know, he been there with me. You the same way. You the same, <laughs> like, the same way. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, like I'm, nah, I'm that dad. Like, I'm, I'm supporting, yeah, like, yeah, my yeah. kid no matter what. So I'm, so my daughter's six, soccer. Dad, you can't yell at my games like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? This is what she tell dad. Like, you make me nervous. Like, yeah, yeah but I'm out there, hey. Like, I'm T. I'm t- Martin. Yelling baby, at like, everything but the plays. Yeah, everything. <laughs> you know the yeah. Ref, ref, you in the wrong position to make that call. Yeah, Get down there. Like, all of that. All that. I had a ref tell me, like, before he... I, I say someone game and he just make a statement before he turn around. Like, learn the game. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he yeah. turn around, he's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Like, it's them situations. But no, I, I, man, ref, they out there, they a little huddle, and I'm, man, the only thing y'all should be talking about right now is how bad y'all been today. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm that dad. Yeah, oh, they, oh, they come over there, Mr. Burnup, we're going to have to ask you. I ain't coming down. I ain't cussing. I ain't doing nothing. They, they can't take, tell them to do their job better, and I won't have anything to say. Oh, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm that. Like, yeah, you say something about my kid in the stand? Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I got something to say. Like, no, I'm, I'm, listen, 9 to 99, blind, crippled, or crazy, you say something to mine, I'm going to approach you, and I got something to say. You know what I'm saying? The rules is different. Like, I, like high school rules and, like, you know, it's like when we get to a certain level, we forget all the rules we played in. Like some of those, some of those things to us, that, that's not even a call. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Like that? What is that? That fall on the floor? This ain't 1952, yeah. brother. They done changed that. And they're like, well, not up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They haven't done that here. Well, told me, like I told Mel, man, like the kid camped out in the lane, man. It's three seconds is a viable call in basketball. <laughs> He said, but it's not a popular call. <laughs> I said, but it's still in the rule book. <laughs> like, it's not a popular call. It's not a popular yeah, call. Like, like, where? Yeah, Here? Man. Oh, that's probably the only place I've ever heard that. So, <laughs> listen, man, get him out of the paint, man. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. camp out. Like, like, but nah, but I'm, 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 like, I support, man, to no end. I'm, I'm loud. I'm rambunctious. I'm cheering. I'm. I'm 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 cheering my guys on my daughter whoever in it like I'm 
I'm, I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about my family. I'm passionate about whatever it is they doing. So I'm, uh, I'm gonna let people know who I'm there for. So let's talk about your son, Tanner. Well, I was watching some highlights. Uh, that's, his, that's his favorite. But I'm just, it's tough. It's and tough. for people that, you know, obviously your NBA career, but at Duke and the stuff that you were getting off, I'm watching clips of your son. I'm like, damn, this looks like, like I tell you back in the day when he was just free to go get buckets, do what he wanted to do. When you look at he's going to be a junior in high school now, mm -hmm. right? Now, how do you help him? I saw, I saw an interview he did uh, for a paper, and he was talking about just kind of dealing with the pressure of following in your footsteps. How do you help him deal with that? And, and do you put any pressure on him to follow in your footsteps as well, or to just you know let him worry about being his own man and, and having his own game? Well, first of all, we have two separate games, period. Mm -hmm. My yeah. son is extremely skilled. Um, he can Thanks. really shoot the ball. Thanks. Um, and but you, are you saying you couldn't do it? I mean, well, no, no, he just has... He's developed differently. Like, I, he's been playing basketball since he was in Pampers. Like, okay. I remember he was, like, 18 months old, learning how to walk, and he's shooting at a, on, on, on the wall of, of my room door. Like, he was, he's been ingrained in basketball. Some of his first words were defense. Like, he's been, been in arenas his whole type of life. I didn't have that life. So he's been dribbling this ball and been, like, he's coming to YouTube era, been watching plays, learning how to play, been in NBA arenas, like, learning from different guys, been around Kai at an early age, been around Bron at an early age, like, seeing all this stuff. So his game is more mature than mine. I started really playing basketball in, like, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. And never really thought about being a professional athlete until I got to college, until, like, my cousin Al was like, yo, when you getting coming into the draft? And I was like, no. How you do it? Like, yeah, like I, I was always preparing for life after basketball. I was wanting to go get a, um, a college scholarship, play basketball in college, but like, I didn't really think it didn't really cross my mind that I was could be a professional athlete. So, from the door, that's been his focus. So he's 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 kind of focused his game after like a Kai. Um, he can score. He can get downhill. He can really shoot it. He, he has my build. He's strong and athletic. But he just plays it, he plays it at a different level than I did because I was, I, I didn't have the opportunity to be a guard. Like, I was the biggest person on my team, they put you in the post. Like, now they'll let a seven foot person play guard. Like, back then, they just, you're big, you're a center, you're a power forward. I didn't play, I didn't play guard to AAU in like my junior year. And my AAU coach was like, no, you're a shooting guard. I thought I was a four. Okay, cool. Now I get to, now I get to do some different things. But so he's been a point guard his whole life, a big point guard at that. And, and, and he, had, he had some gifts that I just didn't have. I didn't focus on shooting. I just was just having fun and hooping. Yeah, I'm his agent, so. Uh, yeah, he, he, love, he loves the kid. Yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's better than Dante. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. And, and we got all the skills, we got the dribble skills, we got the hesitation. And um, I'm kind of disappointed in Dante because he put him on another AAU team when that's my guy. That is, that is yeah, all, that has always I, been I, his guy. I, I teach my guy one four flat. Do not care about the rest of the team. The one four. He was the one I used to say, hey, don't pass. It's okay. Do you? One four flat. Yeah, he's, 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 bad. he's bad for him in that area. <laughs> but, but how I try to help him out, we watch clips. Like, I, now that I am a coach, I get to see it in a different capacity, yeah. break the game down for him, show him how to be a point guard. Um, just teach him different intricacies because it, it can get kind of boring because he plays in Missouri. So, like, he can dominate off his body. Mm -hmm. But now you, you're on the EYBL um, stage right now and you're used to just being able to dominate people who now they're maybe bigger or faster than you. Now you have to, like, think it with your mind and you have different responsibilities. So now I get to be more hands-on because I also already have him during the summer. So what's it like for you both of y'all just seeing that world now, hey, you know, coming up, 
it was, you know, regional, sectional, like you were playing with guys in the same area. Now you're getting EYBL, dudes is jumping teams, you got trades, free agent. I mean, you got all this crazy stuff going on now with these leagues. I think, you know, e- EYBL, all of that is just, it's, it's a money play now, so it's not the same when we came up. You know, like the teams then were just all dominant players. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, if you was a freshman and you was on that team, you was high level. Like just to be a freshman on a traveling team back then, you was nice as hell. There was no 15U, 16U, 16U gold, platinum, and hold back. It was just <laughs> one team. <laughs> and if you was nice, you made that team. If you didn't see your ass next tryout, goddammit. See, that's, 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 see, that, we, I had a different experience. Being on the East Coast, like we only came and saw the West Coast. Mm-hmm. For Vegas tournament. Yeah. Like yeah. And, the Bigfoot. Yeah. And, and maybe and, Pump and so, Run and, and Dominguez or some right, so, like so that. So the first time I saw like Mike Miller, I was like, oh man, like I never had seen a six eight white guy that could like dunk and and really shoot and like really be athletic. This was my I was I was blown away mm-hmm. because we don't just have those on the East Coast. But my team was we had oh, we had the same jersey, different short, everybody had their own shorts and their own shoes. But like me and my cousin Al, and we had some dudes from around the way. And they were just putting us on, on the circuit. Like we didn't. It, they oh, could hoop. Had a bullshit team. We we, we one of them. Like, oh, it was but one of them. they could the hoop. Non-matching shorts. But like, it was. But my coach Sandy Pioni was like taking kids from his area and like taking care of them. So like, um, Randy Foy was one of them. Like, um, Kai was one of them. He had a, he had another big man. Um, I can't remember his name before, but Al was one of his one of his products. Like they were kids from around the way that he just put oh. and showed them a different side of basketball. I would literally have to drive an hour and a half to go to practice every every day. So my parents, my parents actually worked so Jersey, New Jersey. My parents worked in New Brunswick. They would come back south home from work, and then we would go up to North Jersey to take me to practice twice a week. Okay. So that's like that's then probably, possibly like three hours of driving just to go and practice a day because we didn't have any AAU teams where I was from. Oh, so there was, there so, was basically no... Yeah, so we were just... We, I was. I found a team, a team that was kind of had some sponsorship, was going a couple places and jumped on it. I didn't I didn't have a collection of, like, killers to go with. You probably had some, some kids that could really, really, really hoop. I'm 6'6", six, six, but I might be the third tallest dude on the team. I had me, Al... I'm trying to see the next person that played with me. Um, remember um, James, James Felton? No. 6'10 kid that went no. to St. John's. But he was... He, nobody, but like, nobody... I'm sorry. Rodney White. Your, okay, yeah. Rodney White. I had Rodney White for a couple of tournaments. But, like, Rodney was floating between D.C. and Philly. Like, his family... Also, he was on D.C. assault. But, yeah, but his family structure kept changing, so he was in different places at that time. So we, he had us for a couple of tournaments. Like we, but we didn't have the resources. We didn't have... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was blown away when CMH had Jordan uniforms. Yeah, we got it. Y'all was a poor like, AAU team. We, we got it. We got it. We, it was like a park league. So we didn't have we didn't we didn't have what y'all had. Should I play with the K Swiss squad? Which bro, you crazy. played with forty stars too, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you ever play a Christmas game? Hell no. 
So we're going to speak hypothetically, but what's it like, you know, for players like yourself? You played a lot of day after Christmas games, but just that holiday season is, you know, you're grubbing out whatever, the ham, the meat, the, 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 the greens, potatoes, beans, tomato, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. Does it impact your game or is holiday season, like, does it slow down for you at all? Obviously, between that Thanksgiving kind of Christmas window and then you ramp back up, obviously, once the holidays are over. Okay, so let's, 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 let's go ahead and throw this out in the air. Holidays are the worst for actual, I can't speak for all sports, NBA. Because the problem with, you know, um, holidays is either you're home and you're leaving the same day or you're on the road. So you're not really actually enjoying the holiday with your loved ones because it's like um, if you play on the 26th, the day after Christmas, you're leaving the 25th around 3 o'clock, right? They might extend it to 5. <laughs> you know, the fight, the fight might be at 5, but you're not really, you know, you just open the presents, hey, all right, dinner, whoop, and out. You're on a plane on to the next city because you're playing the 26th. If you're... Um, playing at home on the 24th, your next game is the 26th, you might be on the road again. So, or you might have to, you're on a road road trip. So I never really got to enjoy Christmas at home because I was never there. Like I remember um, Jared Jeffries, Thanksgiving and Christmas, his mother had to drive to wherever we, are, we were to, 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 to give us our food. So she'd make the food and deliver it to the, so she drove all the way. So if we was, um, if we was like, let's say Chicago and she's in Indiana, she'll drive to Chicago and then we'll get a, a dining room and she'll set up Thanksgiving for us. So she's making- Christmas and Christmas food. Well, she, I mean, how was that food? Oh, amazing. Okay. Yes, it was amazing. But Even the, with the travel? But I saying, so you're, 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 you're Christmasing with your teammates for the most part. So you don't really, you're not really in that Christmas spirit. What's the, if you can remember, like, what's the worst place you had to spend a Christmas at during your NBA career? Well, since I'm on the East Coast, it was basically anywhere because it was cold <laughs> as shit. He <laughs> 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 was in some cold city that was snowing and, you know what I mean? In a hotel eating hamburgers and what's the name? They don't, you know what I mean? That's what eating fries, hamburgers, and what's the name? If you didn't have, you know, you know, you wasn't home. So it was like, it was, it was, it wasn't depressing, but it wasn't like, especially when you start having kids, it's not like, dang. Like, yeah, see me pictures of the, the little dude like the present or whatever. Something, <laughs> but I mean, we, 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 you joke and you laugh about that, but how hard is that for you as a parent? Cause I remember, you know, my, my pops was on the tail end of his career. So, you know, it wasn't like he wasn't around a lot, but just being able to form that bond with kids and these are supposed to be holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, things like that, where, you get to form those bonds, and it's like you're doing it on FaceTime. Like, yeah, this is a, you're a parent, but you're not a parent. Yeah. Like you, 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 you're, you're a substitute parent. Usually, like there's a running joke that wives and girlfriends are like, "Man, you need to stay on the road because every time you come in here, you mess up the routine." <laughs> because you know, like they, they, you know, the family, your family has a routine, and you're on the road 16 days. You come back, you're messing it up because you know you're you're happy to see the kids. You're staying up late. You're doing this, and it throws them off. And then you're back on the road. Now they got to get them back on track. You come back, mess it up again. So you have this little funny friction. But um, when it comes to holidays, you know, it's just you're, you're just a paycheck. <laughs> you're just a wallet, bro. You're just a wallet of this wish list of what, the, what, what, what needs to be happening. You're just giving it like, yo, back then it was no FaceTime. So you're calling like, oh, yeah, I got the picture. Yeah, he didn't look too happy. Like, he, 
Like, no, he, he, oh, he ain't like that. He ain't like the train said, ah, all right, okay. Like, they play with the box more than the toy. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, little kids, they like the boxes in the bags more than they did the toys. Last question uh, comes from TK. He says, how do you manage having a significant other while playing in the league? Yeah, don't, not just playing. Uh, <laughs> I knew where this was going. <laughs> um, woo, I mean, uh, does, is he asking for a serious one or? He may be getting ready to play in the league and he wants to know how to maintain his boo. It's so hard. Look, I'm just gonna be honest. This, this, we're just gonna be honest here. When you're coming to the NBA, you're a kid. Young adult. Um, you're coming in with a girlfriend who's a young adult. These are not women. You're not men. You're not, no matter if you have a family, you're, you're, you're in your 18s, 19s, 20s. Now you are a star player or NBA player. No matter what she was in college, high school, uh, eight or nine, Real eight, nines, and tens are gonna be throwing it at you. I don't care how strong-willed you think you are, but when the top-tier girls that you see in magazines and TV and the videos are throwing it to you, you ain't rejecting it. You know, so it's it's how strong, <laughs> how strong and realistic the girlfriend is at that moment in time which is the hard part. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily the guy, it's usually how mentally strong the woman is, um, you know, dealing with possible other women, um, other women cheering for you when you go into the arena, like, yeah, that's my boo, and then, you know, you got 20,000 other, you know, bodies in there saying the same thing, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, really, it's really hard. It's really hard, but besides that, besides that part, let's just say you're both adults. It's even harder because this part. You're on a road, you know, two, three weeks at times, right? When you come home, you want home cooked food. You want your bed, you want relax. Well, your girlfriend and the kids or your wife and the kids has been home for three weeks. When you come home, they want to go out. They want to go out and eat. They want to go that. So boom, you guys are clashing off of something that's just simple. One's been out eating food and hotel food and sleeping in different beds, not knowing what hotel room number he's in, coming home and just trying to relax while the other one's like, we've been home this whole time. We want to go out. Here's the kids. And you're like, <laughs> like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I was, yeah, I really wanted to just sit on by myself a little bit. But you know what I mean? And that's, that's where usually fights happen. And that's why the statistics is so high. The first four years, there's a divorce. Because out of the first four years, that's the first time you're actually seeing that person for who they are. Like, what's your name again? Oh, this our kid? These our kids? How old is this one? Seven? Are you seven already? Damn, like... What do you eat? Like, it's just, it's like the basic questions like you ask. What's your favorite color again? Blue. Yes, it was blue. 
I thought it was red this whole time. Okay. Um, you were on the road thinking it was red? No, you just, but you, what, what happened is because you have this, it's a fantasy relationship. It, like, it's a fantasy relationship. Like, let's not fool her. It's a fan, it is not a real everyday relationship. You gotta remember, I'm playing 41 games on the road. I am gone as much as I am home. So our fights don't actually get resolved. So if we have a fight, we're gonna resolve it in 10 days over this text. Yeah. We're not sitting down like real adults and hashing this shit out. We're, we're texting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, you can, see, you can see it on the players' faces, a whole bunch of that. And then by the time a week none go by, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see you, miss you, this yeah. and this. But you didn't really deal with anything. You go home for two days and then you're back on the road. So you're not really, like, really having a real, real family relationship. And then in the summer, it's vacation. Are we gonna go on vacation? Two weeks into that, that player's already trying to set up his next workouts. I am, I ain't gonna go ahead and get out of this house, bro, get into these workouts. You know what I mean? So it's, you don't really get to see who that, 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 that person that you've been with for 10 years <laughs> yeah. until you're done, until you're done and you have nowhere to escape. And you're like, yeah. Oh, so you like to, to read all Sunday. Oh, you like to talk for an hour, hour huh? So we just got to talk. Talk about our feelings, guy. Yeah, that's, that, that's how it is. That's real. Like, he be sitting there like, yeah, them groupies on the road was so much better. It was so much funner. They didn't talk at all. <laughs> Yo, I know nothing about this, uh, but we appreciate y'all. It's been No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We'll be back very soon with more. Uh, appreciate y'all questions as well.